0: Hello, everybody, it's Marcy from WavesOfCommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. The fastest results come when you enjoy the process of language facilitation. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Spotlight interview today i am very pleased to bring natasha who is a mom in brisbane australia and she has a daughter who was a late talker and now is talking quite a bit and when we first met four years ago things were very different
1: so charlie's got two rare medical conditions um so one of them is her brain didn't form completely when she was in my room. room. Um, so the it's an absent corpus callosum. So the main fibre nerves that connect the, the two hemispheres, they're not there. They're completely missing. Um, so she didn't have the best start in life. Um, she's always been struggling. She was delayed in all of her um, milestones, walking, crawling, sitting, all that sort of thing. Um, we knew that she wasn't going to be very good um, being able to get Connect Music was one thing that we had researched about it. Um, So we were really, um, we really made sure that we had music playing all the time. So um, it just wasn't something foreign to her. It wasn't something that was going to be scary to her. Um, We really wanted her to love music and she does. And that's how we knew she was going to talk because she would be able to remember every word to the song but she wasn't able to communicate with us. So we knew it was in her. We just had to find a way of, of getting it out, basically. Um, so with that other condition, um, the doctors explained to us that it's like if you were going down to the beach, that you'd most people would go the fastest way on the freeway, the motorway, whatever you call it, um, whereas Charlie, she'd go through all the suburbs, all the back streets, but she'd eventually get there. It just takes her a bit longer. Um, so we just took that on um, and just decided, well, that'll be just Charlie's thing basically um so we always we believed in early intervention with Charlie um so we tried to get as much therapy as we could with her or tried to help her as much as we could Um, right from an early age, as soon as it was practical, basically. Um, I was doing things at home to help her before she was able to see a physio. Um, When she eventually was able to see a physio, she recommended that we saw an ear, nose, stroke doctor because she was realising that she wasn't pronouncing um, even baby babble properly. And she said, I think there might be something wrong with her, just with her ears. So um, mm-hmm. we went to the ear, nose, yeah. throat doctor, um, and they found out that Charlie needed grommets. Mm. Um, and that seemed to be something that she'd need um, almost every year because her body likes mm. to reject them. Um, but, yeah, so we ended up mm. getting a speech therapist. Um, and whenever we'd talk to therapists about Charlie's condition, they'd sort of freak out a little bit, get a bit worried, um, not know what to say to us, and I'd have to explain what the condition was. Um, and then they'd just say to me, oh, you're doing a good job, just keep doing what you're doing. And oh. like, okay, I'm glad I'm paying you to tell me I'm doing a great job, but what else can I do? Because that's why I'm calling you. Um, so I sort of, I think we had finished seeing the speech therapist at the time that I, I found you, but we, I wasn't even looking for a speech therapist. I was actually on Facebook. Um, I had joined a group about, um, I think about grommets or, um, something to do with your nose throat and you came up and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And you are doing, um, um, you're very early on and you are doing YouTube videos. And I think yeah. you are doing one a day for 30 days. Ah, that's right. Them. Yeah, I was watching them and I was like, this makes sense. This is really good. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I could try doing this sort of thing. And I said to my mum, you've got to watch this. I like, am I crazy and thinking that this is going to work for Charlie? Um, My mum watched it and she was like, you yeah, know, Charlie needs this. You've got to do this. You've got to contact Marcy. Um, so I had to try and convince my husband (laughs) that, that, um, we're going to contact someone on the other side of the world and she was going to help Charlie and we just had to believe that, you know, it wasn't what we were doing at home wasn't working. So may as well give it a shot and I'm glad we did because yeah, just, we couldn't believe the transformation we, um, we saw in
0: Charlie. Her brain is learning. She obviously got to be six knowing a lot of things. She learned to walk. She learned to talk. And in fact, she had a little sister at that point. Um, And I think that was another real motivator for her because that's what we used with Charlie was, you know, when Natasha decided to work with me. Um, You know, she started talking about Charlie's condition. And I think the thing that she was the most surprised about was that it didn't phase me. In fact, what it did was turn on my, my gears, my own working to see how can we reach Charlie because Her brain is unique, but she was interested in connection. And that's the thing that Natasha never gave up on. Even if she was trying to find other therapists, she wanted them to help her. And this is, I think, one of the characteristics about Natasha that really encouraged me to push this mindset work with my other parents because Natasha came in with a mindset where she knew her responsibility as a mom because nobody else was giving her better ideas. You know, she was looking for somebody with better ideas. So, in those first 30 day videos, you learned a couple things. Did you start to try some things at home before you started working with me?
1: Yeah, so Charlie was communicating with me. She was basically only communicating with me sort of with my mum. That was her next comfort zone. Um, and by communicating, it was pointing, um, yeah, gesturing. She just knew that I could I could work out what she wanted basically. Um, yeah. And if I couldn't get it, then I'd say, Charlie, I'm sorry, I don't understand. You'll have to show me. And then she would. Um, so instead of that, I think one of your videos was saying, well, instead of getting her to point or if she did point, then you'd give her the words for, for what she's pointing at. So I started to do that sort of thing. I tried to stop prompting her because um, with me, Charlie had a lot of echolalia. She would repeat everything I'd say. Um, she'd repeat what the teachers would say at school. And she would even repeat it in the way that they'd say it. So I'd know, oh, I, have, I don't think I've said that before. And you just pick up and go, that sounds like your teacher. Um, so she was picking up on things. She was listening. She was. I knew she was capable of doing it. Um, yeah, so I tried to change the way that I spoke to her. Um, yeah, I tried to just take it back to, uh, I mean, her, I think her her sister must've been about two at the time. So yeah, I was starting to talk to Charlie as if she was a two year old and that seemed to
0: help. Yeah, just because what it did was simplify the language to a point where she could pick up phrases because when you see a child um, who has the behavior of that parroting, that imitation, and then what you hear is almost exactly like with the same tone and the same pitch Mm -hmm. as what you've heard, that's how you know a child is in a gestalt learning pattern gestalt means they listen for vocabulary and phrases and songs even that they enjoy that they know the meaning of because remember Kids like Charlie need to hear things over and over and over again. The directions to get there, her brain wants to go take every side street. And in order to make sure it goes directly, she needs reminders. But it's a balance, isn't it, between over prompting, do this, do this, do this, do this, now do this, now do this, now do this, now do this, this," and really allowing her the chance just by presenting the same scenarios over and over again, allowing her the opportunity to pick it up when she's ready. And so she didn't always get things on the first try, right? Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, I mean, she still doesn't. But yeah, I mean, right. I can see that she's she's trying. And she, yeah. she comes up with things now that I think to myself, oh, have I said that phrase before? Or how have you learned that? Yeah. It's just, it's sort of just... Like it's, yeah, it's just time to come out, which is great to see.
0: Right. And then she's using it. So that's the whole thing. She can hear a phrase, a fun phrase from someone and then use it as a matter of fact. So Natasha and I had a chance to meet again four years later when I was in Australia and we took the girls to the koala and kangaroo sanctuary and we saw the shows. Charlie was sitting next to me and it's so interesting that she how keen her listening is so this is definitely a behavior that you have helped Charlie learn because when we first started working part of the reason that she wasn't picking up all these phrases she was imitating them like a parrot but she wasn't picking up and using them is because her listening wasn't she wasn't listening for the right reason she was listening for things she liked but she wasn't listening for using them and now that she's got some maturity And she's got some experience with communication, even in the environment where we were, they were at the bird show and one of the birds was named Charlie and she, and we, she noticed it right away. Hey, that lady said the bird's name is Charlie, my name is Charlie. And she was not really able to articulate all of that, but you could tell through her facial expression and the phrases that she did say she was imitating part of this bird's named Charlie and you could see the idea and it was so interesting how Natasha just automatically filled in those other words that Charlie needed yeah that bird is named Charlie and your name is Charlie it's the same it was like I couldn't have done it better myself sitting right there because you're just in the mode of You know, the two things that benefit you is, yeah, you're always in her brain. I mean, you have been since birth. You know what she likes. You know what she knows. And um, you encourage her to use those things. So it's not necessarily a prompt, but it's more like an encouragement or a motivation. Hey, you're saying something. I want to encourage that by repeating it or sharing it or even expanding on it, which is what you did. And I think that's how Charlie has become more curious and just a better listener. Of course, keeping those grommets, which is the YouTubes that she's talking about, keeping those things working and her ears going well and all of that, it's amazing. But we also talked about another thing. Another therapeutic intervention that you are using with Charlie because one of the things we know about Charlie is that her brain is literally wired different. You can look on an MRI and see that it's not looking like a typical brain. However, what Natasha learned and what she held on to, even though they said, here's images of your baby's messed up brain, You were listening when they said, well, how do we work around it? How do we work with this neurology? How do we retrain and activate neural plasticity? And I think that's one of the other things that when we first started talking about, I got very excited about because um, we started to integrate the things that would activate neuroplasticity from a listening standpoint we started that first but also incorporating the other things that Charlie really loves like music and rhythm and things like that because while she was learning to listen and talk she was also building new neural pathways in her brain and I know Natasha has found a professional that's helping her continue that work tell us a little bit about that work that you're doing
1: yeah so you can still hear me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So uh, so this one it 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 typically is to t- done with movement. So it's all exercises. Um I see the lady. Um I think it's What's every her,
0: what is her official position? What does she call herself?
1: Uh so she's she calls herself a, ther- a therapist. A therapist. Um, the company is learning connections. Right. So they but it's um, really
0: functional neurology is what it is their role is to help kids and do they work with adults as well
1: as far as i know they do yeah i think they do
0: it's really anyone with brain work that needs to be done neurological sort of restructuring and activating neuroplasticity both for recovery and for development so it's a neurological Office. They're not. It's not a speech therapist or an OT, and they're not working on skills as much as they are working on fundamental sort of brain activity. Right?
1: Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's just they they um they assess her um by just getting her or reading a story to her and trying to get her to retell it um something as simple as that just to see where her comprehension's at um even just copying a picture or getting her to draw a picture just seeing where she is at that stage as well um and then the exercises you think to yourself well how's that going to get me to get her to draw a circle and overlap them but um i mean it's like it's back to the basics again It's, it's the crawling on the ground um it's just it's all movement it's all exercises that we do at home um they call them brain boosters some of them some of the exercises and give us
0: an example of one of the exercises that you do
1: yeah so she while um i'm reading a story to her for about two minutes she'll be crawling around in a circle um for about one minute going one direction and then i say after that minute turn around go the other direction and she crawls the other direction. Um, there's also a brain booster where she's laying on the, her tummy. Um, she's got one arm up like that and she's looking at it and the um, opposite leg or the same leg is up as well and, um, and she's just got to do that 50 times, which sounds like a long time. But, I mean, yeah. it, it's, um, you can see the differences. Like we couldn't believe the difference the first time. Um, I do believe that it's helped her speech as well. Um, start flowing out a little bit quicker lately as well, um, but she can. She's just she after she's done it. She's happy. She's yeah. calmer. She's excited. Nine. Like it's even just going on the swings and using the monkey bars. Things that isn't in Charlie's comfort zone at all. Um, so convincing her to go down to the park and saying, "Come on, let's go on the swing." Like Charlie hated the swing. She used to cry as soon as I'd say, "Let's go on the swing," and now that's her favorite thing like over time she's eventually put herself on the swing before we started this process um so that made it a lot easier yeah um, she won't let me push her but I mean she's happy to do it herself and she's getting that movement her brain's working and making those new pathways and yeah you can just see that she's happier
0: Yeah, and I love how these professionals who work with this functional neurology, they've worked out, it's sort of like hacking the system, right? Because if your body, your physical body makes movements, oppositional movements, cross midline movements, and then that consistency and also the change. Go one direction, then go the other direction. Clap and stop and clap and stop, like go and stop. And then also just feeling your body moving, like you said, in the swing and stuff. When you think about it, and you know, Natasha's very smart to follow Charlie's comfort level with these um, activities where she's giving her things that she knows she can do it's easy enough to crawl on the floor and listen to those directions and do those things and yet whenever she's felt uncomfortable about pushing the limits you let her choose how she's gonna elevate out of that comfort zone because we know that This improvement isn't going to happen unless she does do something out of her comfort zone. And if she had a choice, she would sit and, you know, sing and watch videos and things like that all the time because it's not hard. It's not hard. And think about, you know, even kids that don't have a physical issue they also find comfort zones. And so, you know, in Natasha's case, I hate to say you have a benefit. It's your daughter's very good at letting you know when she's got a limit. And you honor that to the point where it's a motivation. This is a coaching situation instead of a you've got to do this or else. It's I know this is helping you and explaining why everything's going on. And that's the other thing that I love about how you think about Charlie and other people don't give her credit. So here's a child who's 10, who probably talks like "Mm, maybe not quite as good as her little sister, but she can, you know, engage and talk and share. Oh, look at that. A lot of it is. Um, She joins afterwards like she's an observer and she watches the situation and she joins. I think that's why having a little sister who's very precocious and talks about a lot of things. Charlie likes to watch her sister and learn from her. She's got a never ending, um, exciting thing to learn about. And I just think the other thing about Charlie is she really does care about other people. She wanted to teach her little sister how to talk and sing her songs because that was important to Charlie. She was not isolated. She's not on her own. She wants to be part of your family because you normalized that connection from the very beginning, knowing this little girl, our new baby is going to need more from us. And you stepped up and gave her more from the beginning. So I love that. Now. We just talked when I was in Australia about how now that she's 10, and even though I think she looks brilliant, um, at the school, she's still kind of not showing all of her brilliance. And so as a result, she's kind of continually judged um, to be less of able than she is. That's kind of still happening, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's always happened. Um, so... Yeah, the the school, they love her and they wanted to be there and um, they're trying their best to accommodate as much as they can for her. Um, However, um, they suggested maybe Charlie should go to a a special school. And my husband and I and my mum, we're all against it. We just don't think that's that's where Charlie fits. Um, We just didn't think it was um, that she was at that stage, basically. Um, Yeah, so we said, fine, we'll go do a tour um, just to have a look so we can definitely say, yes, this isn't right for Charlie um, rather than just go, no, it's my gut feeling that it's not right. Um, So we went and did a tour and, um, yeah, maybe academically, that's where Charlie's at, but mentally um, she's not, yeah, she would have felt like she was still not where she belongs um yeah so we decided to keep her in a mainstream school um and the teachers are going to do their best to accommodate that um but charlie listens and i i tell them every time like i think this was one of the things i saw in one of your 30 day videos um was to have a meeting every term or um, whenever you felt like you needed it with everyone, the principal included, to make sure that everyone was accounted, for, like that they they couldn't just say, oh, well, we didn't know about that. You didn't have a meeting with us. So every year um, if she, Charlie, got a new teacher, I'd ask to talk to the teacher, explain Charlie's conditions, um, and then which I hated doing at first because um, I want Charlie, I want people just to see Charlie for who she is. Rather yeah. than to the go, oh, there's a label. Uh, we never wanted to label her, but at the same time, it has helped Charlie. So the teachers are able to understand where she's at. What's best? Um, what's the best way? We believe um, yeah. she learns. Um, we've always said she listens to everything. Um, even if you think she's not listening, she's listening. I mean, she learnt my mobile number off by heart just by whenever you go to a medical appointment and they say, are these your details? And you go, yes, they are. She learnt that way. And I always thought, how am I going to get her to, to learn that? Um, so she surprises you. And I always told them that. She will surprise you. And um, it's just that she's listening. She's understanding the majority of it. Um, she's just unable to express it back to you. Yeah, um, so, I think what yeah.
0: really, what's really important about pushing to stay in a regular mainstream school is that she remember you we know about Charlie that she learns from her environment from yes. natural exposure to things yes you said your phone number a lot of different times but that's how she learns it and you know in um a society where a rare condition is you know present i think It really tells a lot about the schools and the professionals when you try to explain those things and they're like, oh, that sounds like it's too much for me. I can't handle it and all those things. And I can see how it's frustrating. But just look at this beautiful girl. She wants to learn. She wants to be here. She wants to be with her friends. And sometimes she's challenged. And when kids are challenged, they're going to withdraw a little. They're going to hesitate. They're going to pick their fingernails. They're going to look a little anxious, you know, because those things happen. And I don't think it's too much to ask to a regular teacher because I think all kids get anxious at school. And guarantee there's things from a kindness and social interactive perspective that charlie has going on for her that some other children that are hooked on tech or you know bullying other kids they don't have you know and they can learn from charlie and i think that that's again what the teachers at her current school and even her peers right when she goes to birthday parties and she has friends with other kids they love having charlie in class they understand because these kids understand what they need to do to help Charlie feel included and understood and whether she joins them or not, or if she's anxious or not. I mean, at the koala farm, I could see her every new situation. She holds back and she has Mm -hmm. to watch, and she has to see. And then when she feels comfortable, she'll join. And she also does need you to say, explain. This is what we see, how you feel about this. Are you ready to try? And if she is ready, Okay, if not, we can watch. And it just helps you sort of look at things from the outside perspective and help Charlie understand. And I think that's really what she needs. If we take these kids away from normal kids who are talking normally and adults who are challenging them even to listen to stories and do these things. Otherwise, when kids have too many accommodations, like she would get in that special school, she would not feel like she was being challenged. And I think that's part of why we go to school, right? To learn something new, to try something new. And she can embrace school as an exciting learning experience because what you have done throughout every kind of therapy or thing that you've tried is you always remind Charlie of how it is valuable to her. This is helping your brain. This is helping your speech. This is helping your tummy, you know, if you give her a medicine or something like that. And then she complies with no problem, right? When she understands how it's going to benefit her.
1: Yeah. Well, the other reason why we wanted to stay at mainstream school is we wanted her to have something to strive for. And even if she wasn't academically doing well, at least she was listening to natural language rather than using um, pictures and pointing and felt like it'd be going backwards. So,
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, and then the other thing, too, is because Charlie's such a good natural environment learner as she gets older you're teaching her functional things at home so you know that will help her become because we don't know what charlie's future is as far as getting a job and all those things but she definitely is learning how to hold her own as a kid in your household she knows how to be a big sister she knows how to i'm sure she squabbles with her little sister and they fight over things and all of that yeah and she still takes the big sister role which is really cute so I love to say. Yeah. Yeah, That's a social thing that a lot of parents of lay talkers don't have. They don't experience with their kids. And then the other thing I know is coming up in your world is there's a new baby coming soon. And how is Charlie doing with all of the preparations? Is she involved? Yeah, she's involved as much as she wants to be. Um, yeah. She's
1: excited. She's more aware definitely this time than when when Maddie was um, being born. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, she's definitely excited. We keep on saying, are you going to help us? Are you going to sing songs to her? We're going to have to remember the nursery rhymes and yeah. sing all these songs. And she's like, yeah, I, I can do that. So, yeah, she's excited. that's
0: good and that's kind of what i saw from charlie was she just beams excitement because she's curious that's the thing that really i think helps her learn is you know natasha makes things fun and she's naturally curious and she has a little sister who's also naturally curious so you can always get maddie hey look at maddie try it you know that kind of thing i'm sure to get her to go and give it an effort but I just wanted. I'm so glad. Thank and thank you for thank sharing you. this experience with me because I know there is a lot of parents who, you know, are projecting into their future. They don't know what to do because they've got a diagnosis, or their child is late talking now, or they just got that first set of tubes. You know, all those things that um, you're doing to help make things happen, and sometimes the progress is pretty slow. But what I love about your attitude about this from the very beginning was you accepted the role to be Charlie's primary facilitator. And that's a job that never goes away with parenting. And I love how brave you've been to try new things. And you're a forerunner for the other moms who are language facilitators. And so If you are a mom who has a child who has a significant diagnosis, a rare diagnosis, a brain condition or something like that, you know, I hope that you can learn from Natasha's experience and um, you learn as you go in this process, don't you?
1: Yeah, definitely. And if it doesn't work, then you just try something else. But yeah, you've got to put the effort in as well. and,
0: And yeah, hopefully you'll see it pay off. yeah Yeah. so if you had some advice to share to mums of late talkers natasha what would you share um advice i'd probably just say treat your
1: child like your average child don't don't um put limits on them just you don't know what they're capable of just give them the world like you would any other child and just yeah be them that be there for them there's going to be hard days you're going to cry you're going to think oh we're not getting anywhere am i doing it right but you know it all works out it's just better for your child if you just don't limit them i think
0: yeah and i also love that your family really rallies around you and charlie and maddie and everybody in the whole process because yeah, there are times that I can imagine it, it's just, you know, scary to think about the future, but your mom has been so supportive. Hi, shout out to you and shout out to dad. I know you guys will be listening because you're all part of this, too. And Charlie wouldn't be as great as she is without you guys working so hard. So Thank you for sharing all of this with me, Natasha. Best of luck with the new baby and Charlie and Maddie. And, you know, I hope that you'll come back and definitely when I'm back in Australia, we're gonna connect again. Definitely, thanks, Masi. With a whole range of waves of communication resources from free content to customized coaching, you now have access to everything you need to elevate spoken language to infinite success. You are welcome to get your journey started with my 11-week language facilitation journey to speech workbook. You can access this workbook and all of the language facilitation resources on my website, wavesofcommunication.com.